Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I want you to know that we started rolling a few minutes ago, and Lisa has done nothing but make me laugh the entire time, so we are coming in hot. I Hot, 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 hittity, hottity. Nope. Hittity, hittity, hot. I tried, like, hippity, hoppity. To the hip. Hot. The hit to the hot to the hittity. Hittity hot. So it is it is July 4th. It's Independence Day. We're time stamping oh, the episode. <laughs> and this voice that you're hearing is the voice of Misty Stinnett. And this voice that you're hearing is the voice of Lisa Lingy. Those dulcet stones. Nope. <laughs> Those dulcet stones that are rolling around in the back of her throat. I've been there for it's been 84 years. Those dulcet tones you could recognize anywhere as the inimitable Lisa Linky. Inimitable, we can't remember. And this is Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. And uh, we release two episodes per week. One is a full book review where we read and review a popular self-help book. We give you uh, all the main points about it. We try to think critically about it so that you can know in an hour or less, sometimes a little over an hour, whether the book is worth your time. You know, Lisa is trolling me on the Zoom recording so hard. <laughs> I'm just doing an interpretive dance to what you're saying. It's, it is inspiring, if anything. Uh, so the point is, we're reading the books so that you don't have to. Or if you want to, you can then go support the author. You know it's worth your time. But either way, you are go. Are you done? It's no, a, I'm having fun. No, it's great. <laughs> so that you can go support the author. But either way, you are still getting that, that perspective, altering, life-changing, epiphany-making self-help advice that you needed like yesterday. Right, Scoobs? So. But today is an unusual episode actually it is why why is that lisa this is an unusual episode because <laughs> we <laughs> we had a suggestion from a listener and we thought it was a great idea and yeah. also we we just thought yeah that probably makes sense it was a great suggestion okay what was the suggestion um, it was to go fuck ourselves. Just kidding. Go fuck this yourself. Oh, this is this is an explicit <laughs> podcast because we are adults yeah. and self help is hardcore. Hardcore. <laughs> also, I derailed you. I think you were going to say that our other episode, our weekly episode, releases a weekly beef where we do right. homework and catch up on stuff. Um, but this is typically it's the lab portion to our lecture, as Lisa oh, likes to call you. it. Misty says it's the walk to our talk. Yes. So, uh, and minisodes are super fun. They're less structured than a full book review. And it's like thought-provoking questions, trivia, guests. We have a lot of fun on the weekly beef, so don't miss it. 
Yeah. Um, so we're a little loosey goosey because we're doing something that we've actually never done before. Yeah. Um, and our brains are pudding. I have pandemic brain day 107. So my brain is now no longer pandemic. It's well, hold on, Lisa. How do you feel about pudding? What are your feelings? Oh, I fucking hate pudding. I hate the texture of pudding. I, <laughs> it makes me want to like barf. I Missy love found this out about pudding. me yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, this is not an act that we do for the podcast. Lisa and I FaceTime, I'd say a couple hours a week in between recording. Minimum. 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 And it is, it is we're either the rails. desperately gag, gag, gagging. What? Nope. What? Gaggling. Giggling. <laughs> do you see what I'm talking? I have literally a pudding brain. We're giggling, cackling. Oh, gaggling was a mixture of giggling and cackling. I like I that. Now what I did gackling. There. Gackling. We're gackling. Or uh, we're bawling. <laughs> so there's no middle ground. Often both on the same phone call within about a 60 second period. <laughs> That's right. The swings are very wide. Okay. Thank you. We got an email from Deb Bessinger, who is a longtime um, LLL, longtime loyal listener. She's also an author. She wrote about her life story and we're going to uh, share her story on another weekly beef. She was kind enough to share it with us after... We read Untamed and you asked for people about their experiences and she wrote and shared. So we'll, we'll share up that their lives. Time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But she mentions at the end of this email, um, she says, before I forget, I've had an idea for you guys for weekly beef. Um, I've been meaning to share. And in this episode, you guys did share some of your story in Untamed. Mm-hmm. She says, my idea has been for y'all to interview each other so we can know a little bit more about you in a cohesive way than just hearing the bits and pieces. Yeah. If that feels weird, you can even do one of those 74 question things they do to celebrities on YouTube or maybe Wired. I can't remember. She says, um, she says, anyway, I think it could be fun. And Deb, you're 100% right. And we thought there's no way that we would keep a weekly beef to a normal timely interview yeah. with each other. Yeah. So we decided and, and, Longtime loyal listeners may have some insights into us and that like Misty loves the morning coffee and Lisa hates pudding, but um, <laughs> the real deep stuff, you guys, real deep stuff. But we thought it for those of you who've been with us since the beginning, for those of you that are just joining us now, or for those of you that may join us in the future, it might be interesting to get to know who we are a little bit in some, in some not traditional ways. And so we've decided to take this time to interview each other. Yeah. And also, I'm excited to learn more about you personally, Lisa, because some of these questions, I think, <laughs> will, oh, be, will be really fun. And uh, do we have the capability of a question? I'm, I'm assuming you haven't asked me anything that is too personal or revealing. Which of your boobs is bigger? That's the well, first question. I, I don't know. Why don't you come over here and find out? <laughs> um <laughs> No, nope. I don't. I, I, I mean, I don't know. That's I. I guess I'm. I'm feeling a little anxious about being out of control. I guess of revealing. Yeah. Although I have shared a lot on this podcast. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. I just wanted to acknowledge that feeling and then um, move through it. Well, I, I also like how we are 19 months into the podcast <laughs> and just now doing. 
And there are some of you who have been with us since the beginning. And oh my God, we're so grateful and so thankful. And yeah. uh, and it's it's interesting because, you know, we always say at the top of every book review, here's a little bit about the author so that we can know their perspective and where they're coming from and why we should yes. listen to them. And I'm realizing that this is the first time we have actually addressed that with ourselves because as you know, we are just too, too knowledgeable, brilliant, underqualified bitches. bitches in Los Angeles. Yeah. And yeah, so, that's a really interesting point, Misty. This yeah. is a little bit of a little bit about the authors per se of this podcast. Yeah, because we're filtering everything that we're reading to all of you through our own lens. And of course, there's going to be discriminatical lens. Lisa Linky, everybody, she has come so far. I remember that word. Yeah. For for those of you who are uh, new to the podcast or haven't uh, heard us talk about a hermeneutical lens before, Hermes was the Greek messenger of the gods. So every yeah. message that he delivered was through his own interpretation and his own point of view. And each of us has what's called a hermeneutical lens, which is all the experiences of our lives that make up and shape the ways that we see the world, right? And we and we're all interpreting the the events of the recent past very differently, and that's because we all nudicles. have different through our nudicles. Thank you. We flipped a coin backstage, and uh, Misty correctly identified it as a quarter, and so she is going <laughs> to interview me first. Why? Why did that get me so good? My feet are like flexed. I'm like, <laughs> those are my happy feet. There, you're already getting to know me better. When I laugh really hard, my feet flex. Well, there goes one of my questions. Pardon oh. me I cross this off. Okay, so I, I am going to start. Lisa and I have both uh, picked out 10 questions for each other. Oh, Lisa's, nervous I am. Lisa's body language, she is, her arms are crossed protectively over her vital organs and her shoulders are up to her ears and she is somehow also hunched over at the same time. So we have each we have each prepared 10 questions for the other. I have no idea what Lisa's going to ask me, and she has no idea what I'm going to ask her. So this is all off the cuff. Let's start with a nice warm-up. Lisa, what is your name and where are you from? My name is... I feel like I'm testifying <laughs> at the trial for my life. My name is Lisa Ann with an E, Linky. And I'm like Anne of Green Gables, am, Anne with an E. Yes. My mother and I share the same middle name. She is Linda Ann Linky, and I am Lisa Ann Linky. Uh, so we also share initials. I Lol. Am Thank you. I am from Champaign, Illinois. You asked me where I was from, right? I forgot the second half. <laughs> I sure did. I'm a wonderful interviewer. I mean, if interviewee. We, if we ever do live shows, you guys, buckle up. <laughs> okay. Buckle up, buttercup. Okay. What is something you are afraid of, but you won't tell anyone because it's embarrassing? I have a deep-seated fear of things ending abruptly, like on a large scale. Oh, you like, mean like a global pandemic when the world shut down? That's not abrupt. I can tolerate the slow <laughs> descent into nothingness. It felt really it's like, why am I, why am I working so hard if tomorrow a tidal wave could come and wipe out, like an asteroid could hit the earth and we have an extinction level event, like an abrupt 
Yeah, like a nuclear explosion. You don't mean like, oh, I got fired and my job ended abruptly. You mean like human life. Oh, yeah. I mean, ending of life as we know it. Ending of the planet. <laughs> ending of... Oh, yeah. honey. I... <laughs> That's a big fear. So, so when I do you remember when that um, movie Deep Impact came out? Oh with yeah, Leone. Oh yeah. So I went. I was in grad school, <laughs> and I went with my friend Brock, and it was a perfect movie for us because I had a deep seated fear of thing of like life ending yeah. for all life, and he had a deep seated fear of oversized enormous things and so together we just like sat and watched that huge tidal wave come over on the beach and we were like well that's it so like is king kong like kong versus godzilla is that like his nightmare because it's like an enormous lizard and an enormous okay well we're not interviewing him right now thank you for that right i would also say i have a fear of hurting things feelings, things being inanimate object feelings. <laughs> I don't talk about it a lot because I hear you laughing. I, no, it because, came up in the um, Marie Kondo episode of the life-changing magic yeah. of tidying up. Yeah. I, I assign not huge, I don't anthropomorphize, anthropomorphize, but I definitely <laughs> things have a, a feelings. And so it's hard for me if something feels unused, like you learned that the other night about the stuffed animal I bought with my own money when I was five. Lisa still has, is his name Teddy? What's his name? It's Brownie. It's Brownie. Brownie. And Lisa bought this little stuffed animal when she was four. And I just learned about it like two days ago on FaceTime. And why did you pick him off the table of identical other bears just like him? Well, I was going to pick one, but then like he was kind of being smushed by others. And I could tell that he was like, no one's going to pick me. And so (laughs) I had to take him home. I had to pick him. He didn't have a chance. (laughs) I feel like I already know you so much better. Okay. Thank (laughs) you. If you were to write a book about your life, what would the title be? And what would the first three chapters be about? Okay. First of all, I always do a bit whenever a phrase comes to mind that I'm like, that's the title of my book. So like today it might be sweaty pajamas and other nonsensical things that I do or like (laughs) sitting on an ice pack because I refuse to pay for air conditioning, you know, things like that. But, um, I think it would be something about, I think the title would just be something like I'm not for everybody and that's okay. Or (laughs) probably more like everyone's not for me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And the first three chapters I think would be like, it's okay if you didn't buy this book <laughs> and um, it's okay if I don't like you. And um, right now I think the third chapter would be like, you have bought into a fallacy of white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. <laughs> I love that. No, that's really on brand with the, I'm not for everybody and everyone's not for me also. <laughs> I, yeah. Also. And then chapter four would be like, how to make a vision board. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't tell you this to everyone listening, especially the LLLs who know I fucking hate vision boards. Mm-hmm. There is such a cool program that I just learned out. It's called Previs, P-R-E-V-I-S. And what it is, is it's for filmmakers and directors who want to make digital storyboards. So you imagine what what each scene will look like, and you can put characters in there. Think of it like The Sims, but it's for like a shot list for film. And when I saw it, it's an amazing program. And when I saw it, I went, 
I think I could actually vision board with this and I'm going to try it. <laughs> you guys, we wore her down. Uh, it's time. We can end the podcast now. Yeah, that's it. Misty Stinnett has reached enlightenment. Okay. We've only just begun. Okay. Lisa, what do you think about when you're alone in your car? Well, Misty, as you know, <laughs> and as our longtime loyal listeners know, I have a strategy brain combined with empathy. So it usually, I'm usually listening to NPR or a podcast until I get overwhelmed and then I listen to music. Mm-hmm. And it's usually kind of I spiral outward into something very deep very quickly. So like <laughs> recently, I, if I if I pass a homeless encampment, yeah, I think about those people. I try to practice Tonglen, which we talked about in the episode of Pima Children's um, When Things Fall Apart. If I can remember to do that before my strategy brain kicks in of like how we're not solving the homelessness crisis, mm-hmm. how we're headed into another homelessness crisis, like how people have myths about poverty that they kind of cling to that don't address the roots of homelessness and poverty. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I kind of jump around to and get kind of spiraled up into really high level, broad issues and feel and get to feeling overwhelmed very quickly. Oh, Lise, it sounds like you've got some big thoughts and big fears. I do. And a big, big brain. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. What are the characteristics of someone you would enjoy spending time with? Hmm. I do love a person with a sense of humor, yeah. no matter their style. If it's dry, if it's punny, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, um, pop culture based, if it's, you know, real sharp wit, I, I, I don't mind. I love all types of wit and humor. It has to be a kind person. You know, I think like if I were in the passenger seat of a car and that person refused to let somebody merge in, I would probably just open the door and roll out. Um, (laughs) So wit and humor, some grace. I I do think they have to have, if I'm choosing, I love emotional awareness and have done some work on themselves. Absolutely. and someone who's able to hold space and really listen to me. And I like to be seen, you know, mm-hmm. um, if they kind of blow off what I'm feeling or they're not, if they have discomfort with others' emotions, that's not going to work for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's become more important to you this past year and what's become less important? Well, I think, I think our longtime listeners have probably picked up that my one pup Wrigley has passed because I've stopped talking about him. Yeah. And so my one dog Zoe is incredibly important to me right now because I live alone. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of my only connection, like uh, in real time. Yeah. Um, and she turns 14 this month. So I'm, what's really important to me is kind of savoring this time with her. Yeah. Um, and what's become less important as I look around my apartment is cleaning. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Dusting um, and breaking down boxes. Um, but I think what's become important for me is just being present with people and, um, just allowing and trying to have grace, you know, I was talking with my friend, my good friend Colleen last night, and we were talking about people not wearing masks and 
almost immediately I said, you know, but I get it. Like it's been a hundred days and people are bored and they're frustrated and they're angry and they're scared and we don't have any collective action or agreement. So like, and they're confused, you know, they're being told things out of, they feel whipsawed, you know, like they're told it's okay to go out. They're told be careful. So, and they're terrified. They don't know how they're going to pay. Like there's just, it's, it's too long for people to remain terrified of dying. Yeah. Without dying. You know what I mean? They start to get lackadaisical about this stuff. So I, I, I find that I'm having more grace moments of grace. And, and I think that's more important because I don't like feeling like it's me versus the world. You know, that's a feeling I had in November of 2016. I felt very terrified of my fellow Americans and there's a lot of room for that right now. And so I'm really trying to embrace the grace, even as I flamethrow people on Facebook. Just kidding. Thank you. (laughs) A a digital (laughs) flamethrower. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful share. Hey, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Lisa's doing like a bow every time she does that. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. You can write a letter to your high school self, but it can only go through Twitter. It has to be one tweet post in length. What would you write? Now my strategy brain is kicking into like crazy gear. It's like, do you warn about Donald Trump? Do you <laughs> warn about COVID. Or do you you, say buy Apple stock the moment it comes out? I'm not that old. Thank you. (laughs) It was out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I meant before the iPhone comes out because that's really when it took off. I did not mean. (laughs) I was thinking more like, no, I was thinking more like 2006. It wasn't even that long ago. You're so young. Um, Yeah, like, I think I would say dump Ricky, period. (laughs) I would say study feminism, period. And then I would say go to therapy, period. And then I would say (laughs) <laughs> These things should make you angry and that's okay. Oh, I love that last one. Oh my, cause it sounds like you did dump Ricky. You did study feminism and you yeah. did go to therapy. Yeah. But so much later than I think I needed right? to Yeah, on all three counts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it's funny. I think you still have. You probably still have letters in there. You could also say learn hand farts. Okay. Oh, I already knew that then. Oh, you did? Oh, oh, good. No, I learned that this year. That was that was important. That was an important thing. What do you do when you're talking to someone and you have no idea what they're talking about? Well, it depends. <laughs> if it's somebody that I report to and I should know what they're talking about, I will find a way to either like Google the answer or refresh my memory if it's like on the email thread that like, you know, I just can't remember. Yeah. But usually I'm more, I'm so, I'm, I'm comfortable with myself now enough to say, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I have pudding brain. <laughs> Can we please clarify exactly what we're talking about here? And as soon as they say it, I'm pretty, sh- usually I'm, have been fortunate enough that I'm, my brain is like, yes, that's what that thing is. 
And I don't mind doing that because it gives them permission to do that too. Mm -hmm. If it's something like if I see on an Instagram chat or something like that, I always go do the research myself because I don't want to put it on them to educate me. And if it's a close friend and they say it, I usually say, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) If they're using a word that I've never heard, I'll be like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is glacking? What is glacking? Glackling. Oh, I guess it would be giggling and cackling would be gackling. What the fuck are you talking about? Who knows? Um, Exactly. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure? Hmm, I've worked on getting rid of guilt. So (laughs) these are really deep answers. (laughs) Listen, you're talking to a strategy brain. Yeah. And a, and a sufferer of white cap, white, supremacist capitalist patriarchy which means i want to get the answer right yep so i think i will say that what i feel guilty about is watching shitty reality tv (laughs) yes and supporting it and can we both say one of your favorite shows to do that with on three one two three 90 day fiance (laughs) i like how you didn't even make an attempt to say because i didn't know which one you were going to say (laughs) Yes, 90 Day Fiance, the entire canon is by far great. Canon. You could have said Dance Moms because I made an entire web series out of it. Oh my God, you Lisa could have also, is so funny yeah. in this spoof. It's called Dog Moms. We'll put a link to it in yeah. show notes. Lisa plays this character. Is her name Tammy? What's her name? Waggy Lee. Waggy. After Abby Lee from Abby Lee Dance Company. <laughs> I'm all nails and hair. <laughs> And attitude. It's and Wrigley so stars good. in it. It's so good. And for you, for anybody who's joining us for the first time, uh, Lisa's a working actor and you can see her, her work. I mean, guest star appearances all over the place, but most recently on Bless This Mess, seasons one and two as Clara. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I say that, Clara. I say that to pump up the dog mom's parody because these are professional comedic actors and it is so funny. That's why I didn't say anything because you literally could. I've also, I mean, I have watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I've stopped, but like, oh, yeah. oh I texted you, know. you throughout Love is Blind. Also watching like, I what is going on with Jessica and Barnett? <laughs> Listen, I haven't seen the circle I, yet. It's to me, it had more action than Love is Blind, but also was way dumber. So, like, <laughs> take your pick. Having a non addictive, like, non vice way of checking out of our current reality for a half an hour or an hour with with reality TV and focusing on other people's yeah. problems, it's, I would say, it's uh, one of the more healthy coping mechanisms. I would also say, it's addictive. Have you ever seen the formula for Bridezilla's back in the day? I don't watch it anymore, no, but no, they have two brides per episode, one who's getting married and one who is planning her wedding. And at the end, the one who's getting married is done. And then you, and then next week you'll find out the one who's planning her wedding, how that happens. And then they, that next week it's her wedding and they introduce you to another one who's getting married. Oh, it's brilliant. It's a constant cliffhanger. It's so smart. (laughs) I, I also watched Love After Lockup. Now listen, that's a horrible show, but these story editors deserve Emmys for the way that they are telling stories. Yeah, Yeah. Okay, that's it. We let's move on from well, how embarrassing this is. I mean, my day job is working in reality TV right now, right? Yeah, but yours is like a cool reality show. 
Well, by the time this episode comes out, the last the last show I worked on is called Indian Matchmaking. It will drop on Netflix, I think July 16th or 17th. You know, I'm going to binge that. Yes. You know, there's a larger message to be gleaned from some of these shows. So, um, you know what? Not from Dance Moms and certainly <laughs> not from Dog Moms. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. When are you at your best and what does that look like? I think I've talked on the podcast before about how I, when people say do your best for a long time, like I didn't know what that was because I could always go back and say, well, I could have done this better. Mm. So I'm going to phrase it, frame it as like, I'm at my best when I feel my most authentic. Mm. And when I feel like I can say and speak my truth and when I can say and speak up on behalf of others who need that in a way that isn't performative, but that's true allyship versus, you know, Mm -hmm. savior. Um, and when I don't walk away from a conversation feeling like I should have said that, you know? Yeah. But then if I do, I can just say to myself, there's always the opportunity to go back. And so I feel like I'm at my best when I go back and say, can we follow up on something we talked about? I didn't say this and I would, I need to address it. You know, like I'm trying to expand that idea of like being my best isn't just in a solitary moment. So when I'm not being hard on myself, when I am loving and parenting myself, Mm. when I reach out for help, when I am authentic and when I allow myself to be seen and when I see others and like have that meaningful, intimate exchange with people, I think that's, I think that's my best. I love that. It sounds like it's an ongoing process. Yeah. I think that's a more comfortable definition of best for me because otherwise I will never achieve it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking more like yeah. when you get a good night's sleep and have oh, your favorite empanadas, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's probably a better way to answer that. <laughs> like when, when are you at your best? Like when you have enough alone time or when you, you know, what? but, but I, I love know. what you said. I don't know when I'm at my best. I think I'm not really a creature of routine. Mm. So it's hard for me to know when I'm at my best right. in terms of that. Right. Absolutely. I can tell you when I'm at my worst. <laughs> okay. So Ooh, all the time for me. Ooh. So this is the last question. You've almost made it through. Okay. Your house containing everything you own catches fire. After you save all pets and loved ones, you have time to safely make one final dash in to save one item. What would it be and why? From one strategy brain to another, you have really... <laughs> Just don't overthink it. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Misty, if I asked you a question like that and said, don't overthink it, you would, your head would explode. You Just know like something popped okay. into your head first. I mean, I know. I mean, it's brownie probably, but that's also dumb. That's not But I was thinking dumb? about, I don't know. I have my, I have a fireproof box that has all like my important documents and stuff mm-hmm. in it. I think I would feel sad about the plants that would burn off because they're things. They're not things. They're, they're things with feelings. Um, <laughs> I don't think I have any pictures that haven't been scanned. And I have insurance for to replace things. I thank you for letting Zoe be already Oh yeah, saved. It sounds like I it's mean, brownie. I, I guess the ice cream? Just kidding. Yeah, I think maybe... <laughs> I think maybe brownie or probably just like my wallet would be the least annoying thing to have to replace, like my driver's license and all that stuff. But I would probably. But you can replace it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is a terrible feeling. I'm gonna, the rest of the day, I'm going to be like, okay, well, here's the plan. If the house is on flames, what do I get? Yeah. 
<laughs> you did great. Mm-hmm. You did great, Lisa. There's no right or wrong answer. Oh, Misty, those were great questions. I want to thank you for those questions. And to any of our longtime loyal listeners who were like, those are terrible answers. I'm not for everybody. Oh. Also, I just feel the deep need to apologize. <laughs> no, no, I don't front porch it. Well, you're back porching it because you're doing it after. Oh, God, Lisa yeah, just like put her glasses it. on. It's getting very serious. Misty, I don't care what your name is or where you're from. Just kidding. What is your, just to, to start it out on an even playing field, what is your name, your full name, date of birth, social security number, street where you were born, and uh, no, just your I'm name. I'm just going to say from. your address. Um, my, <laughs> my full name is Misty Rose Erica Stinnett. Yep. I have Lisa surprised. I have two middle names. Uh, Erica was added. Mm -hmm. Erica was added a a week or two after I was born, uh, because I was named after my uncle Eric, who was an amazing guy. It was my mom's uncle. So my great uncle Eric. He's so funny, so smart, so lovely. And, uh, Rosie, because I was born with rosy cheeks. And my sister's name is Heather. So there's like a flower theme happening. And I was, uh, I am from Englewood, Florida. It is a super small town, a small little beach town, um, on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Kind of, if, if anyone knows Florida, it's kind of halfway between Tampa and Fort Myers or Tampa and Naples. Mm, and so nice. The, it was, when I was there, it was like population 20,000, which is like my neighborhood now. And the joke is, Old people don't live in Englewood. Their parents do. I call it Anklewood, which is my favorite. I like it. Um, that's amazing. Misty, Rose, Erica, Stinnett. Yeah. So you are the daily ration for our armed forces. MREs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or okay. mis- mysteries. Okay. Ooh. I always feel weird about getting anything monogrammed. Because they only let you have three letters on a lot of companies that do monogramming, but then it just looks like Mrs., like MRS, like, oh, I've just gotten married and I'm so proud of it. And I like don't want to come off that way. So I never get anything monogrammed, even though I want to. <laughs> I knew this woman, we were acquaintances, friends, uh, Sue Gillen from Chicago. She's so funny. And whenever she got anything, a monogram, she would always make it say ass. <laughs> <laughs> And so people would walk by and just stare at her like tote bag, like from LL Bean. She'd just get it. And it would just say ass. And they would just be like, oh, excellent. I should, you know. I just get, should get stuff that says LOL. <laughs> that would be beautiful. BRB. Yeah. Um, Misty, what is your first memory? Uh, I don't know if I actually remember this or if it's because people, mm-hmm. uh, told me this story mm-hmm. and then I sort of implanted it in my brain. But uh, there's a grocery store chain on the East Coast called Publix. It is the best oh, yeah. grocery store in the world. And if you're a kid, you can always go to the bakery and ask for a cookie and they'll give you a free cookie. And so, you know, I, I have two sisters. I have a little sister and an older sister, but Jen, my younger sister, is six and a half years younger than me, and she was not in the picture yet. So there's Heather, my older sister, who's about 15 months older than me. And uh, I remember, or I think I remember, we were leaving Publix with my mom. I was in the the cart part that's kind of like a kid's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. seat, a kid's what am I trying to say? Booster seat, whatever. And uh yeah. And not only did I 
was I gnawing on my cookie, but I also took Heather's cookie, which is par for the course. I was like double fisting cookies, chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> par for the course. And you know, Heather, to this day, if we're both freezing, she will give me the jacket off her back. And I think that's like the moment it started. <laughs> I had to be like, I mean, there's no way I could remember this because I've seen pictures and I'm like, you know, one. She's but so yeah, sweet. Heather's the best. So is Jen. Um, I love that memory. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> um, Misty, what was your first concert? Oh, mm-hmm. In sync, no strings attached. And I just Bye bye bye. bye, bye. <laughs> Where was it? I want to say. And who did you go with? So I went with my friend, Brittany McMullen, who, whom I have known since preschool in Gainesville, oh Florida. God. Go Gators and Baby Gator Preschool. But uh, I can't remember if my mom was there or Brittany's mom was there, but we met up. We went, I think I had to be in like fourth or fifth grade, but there was like this one part where like JC Shazay, like the the stage kind of opened up and became a platform and he could get get like closer to the nosebleed seats, which is where we were. And I just I just remember one little girl like nearby just kept screaming, JC, take me with you. <laughs> take me with you. <laughs> But I never, I like never felt so fangirly and screaming and like probably was having some sexual feelings, but didn't know that's what I was feeling. Do you know what I mean? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I also am just thinking about whomever the parent was <laughs> with that little girl who kept screaming, Jay-Z, take me with you. Whoever the chaperone was, was like, oh my God. Or, no. or was like, seriously, take her. Yes. Take her. That's amazing. That's great. Did you get any merchandise? No, I was poor. Mm -mm, definitely not. Maybe. Well, maybe somebody bought me a t-shirt. I, I don't remember. Or like a poster, a $15 poster. Ew, 15. This is like 55. That tour merch is no joke. I'm old. Okay. Uh, Missy, what was like the toughest time growing up? Meaning like what age? Like in, in middle school and mm. high school, grade school, high school. And, and what would you tell yourself? Now, if you met that age now, what, what would you say to yourself? Hmm. This will, so this is something that might surprise a lot of our listeners. My mom had a lot of health problems. And so she, we were living in Florida in a beach town, as I mentioned, very thick humidity, very high humidity, mm -hmm. red tide, sea molds all sorts of things that are very bad for anybody with respiratory issues like asthma, mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. And um, after Heather, who was two years ahead of me in high school, went off to college, my mom, for health reasons, her doctor was like, you have to get out of Florida. Like you have to, or, you know, your lungs will continue to deteriorate here. You can't make it. And my mom had really held on as long as she could you know, under yeah. the circumstances so that Heather could go to college. So my mom ended up moving to a much drier desert climate halfway through high school. And I actually ended up living with friends for the second half of high school. And, mm. you know, wasn't with... So you could parent. finish at your school. Yeah. And actually, I mean, the longer version of the story is I did move in with my dad for a while. I transferred high schools. It was about an hour away from where I was living. But my dad 
was a freelance pilot. So think air ambulances, transporting organs, you know, like when there's a car accident and there's an organ donor uh, and somebody needs a new lung, you know, you might get a call three in the morning, go, go get this lung and transfer it, you know, to a patient in need. And I really encourage everybody listening to put organ donor on your, um, your license because your death could save a life. It's really amazing. But, um, he was so busy at the time and sometimes he would be gone on like two or three week trips because, you know, you'd maybe be picking up an organ in Maine and then dropping it off in California. But while you're in California, you get another call to, to transport somebody somewhere else, you know. So it was a, it, I was like 16 and kind of living alone. And God, my dad was my best friend. I adore him. I, I would have loved to live with him, but it just wasn't the right circumstance at the time. And so he was, he was really so gracious and probably heartbroken to let me move in with some friends in high school and finish high school. And so that, that was the toughest time growing up for sure. And, uh, I think it's why I carry so much responsibility on my shoulders. Cause I knew I couldn't fuck up. I couldn't stray. I, you know, I, I couldn't yeah. get into trouble and I, I ended up graduating number two in my class and, you know, just really working hard to try and make everything worthwhile. And I think what I would like to say to myself is like, Misty, find a way to have more fun. Like, you are 16. Mm. Let loose. Go, go have a beer at a party. If you're, you know, oh, if you're fuck a few people. Oh God, no, not then. That would have just made me just my whole body would go rigid and be like, what are you talking about? But like I didn't take my first dance class until a year ago. And I love yeah. dancing. So like I might have just literally been like, Misty, take a dance class because that might have yeah. <laughs> opened up joy for me. So I, I wish I could just tell her like. You can get to where you're going without clinging so tight. Yeah. I love that advice for her. Thank you. I know. Oh, baby Misty. She did a good job. She did a great job. Thank you. What was your best vacation? Where was it? And why was it your best in three words? (laughs) Okay. In three words. (laughs) Uh, Vegas. Well, that's so. That's the where. Why in three oh, words? Oh, and then why, why in the three words? Mm-hmm. Um, it, can I give you a little bit more context about that? Yeah. So it was Las Vegas right after college. Mm-hmm. A film that I had starred in and helped write, just a little five-minute campus movie fest short film, had made it to the international grand finale in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and uh, again. I was a waitress all throughout college and worked my way through college. And so the fact that my friends and I were like flying out to Vegas to go be in like a film festival when all I wanted to do in college was work in movies, you know, was so exciting. And so you hit the big time. You made it big time. And it was a it was a film I was in and we were in it was going to you know, we were up for best picture. (laughs) And it was a bunch of my best friends that I loved creating with. And it was Mm. right after I'd graduated college and I would picked up so many extra shifts so that I could for once in my life spend here was the budget I set out for myself. 
a hundred dollars a day is what I could spend for the week I was there. I saved, I, I worked so hard to make an extra $700 so that I could order a pina colada at the pool so that I could go to the $30 buffet and not think about it so that I could, if I wanted to like put $20 on red or, you know, like that kind of a thing. I love Misty. Thank you. Thank you. And it was, it was the first time I ever really let loose. And this is way more than three words. So I guess it would be that Las Vegas vacation, even though I've been to many places in Europe and they were great too, but it was, it was, these are the three words. It was the first time ever that focus on myself. It was like just, it was just about my own pleasure for the seven days I was there. If I wanted to go dancing, I went dancing. If I wanted a drink, I had a drink. If I wanted to eat, if I wanted to get the scallops, I got the scallops. And it was the first time I had ever done that, ever. Misty, that's brilliant. Thank you. I love that. (laughs) I love that you had that experience. That's amazing. Uh, Um, I love that. Okay. Did you guys win the competition? We did not. And who can care? It was awesome. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, one, what's one thing that can instantly make your day better? Dancing. Oh, yay. And two, two, if one person comes up and it's partner dancing, right? Typically. So, so if, if you were to come up and just make me do one twirl, I'd have a smile on my face. Yay. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. How would your 10 year old self react to what you do now? <laughs> I think she'd be like, that's cool. I should, she'd probably be like, what do you mean you're not an actor? Like you're, she'd probably be like, ew, you're so old and you're not famous yet. She's, she's a precocious. She really thinks so. Precocious dick. No, um, no. That's the title of my biography. Precocious dick. Thank you. Thank you. It's also what I write in my journal. <laughs> She's No, I really wanted to be an actor when I was younger, really, really. And mm-hmm. I also just thought people in their 30s were very old. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. They were when you were 10. Yeah, but you know what I do? What I do is not far from what I wanted to do then. That's right. Yeah. So I think she'd be like, okay. <laughs> I think she'd be like, that's cool. Tell me more. Yeah. Her little strategy yeah. that would start working. <laughs> Misty, what line should someone never cross with you? And can you forgive me if I've done it? <laughs> Lisa, I can forgive you for anything because I know your heart. Um, I think my biggest line is whenever, and this doesn't, this does not happen to me frequently at all, especially as an adult but being deceived because I, I can handle hard things and I can handle hard truths and stark realities Mm -hmm. and candid, honest, brutal feedback. All of that Mm -hmm. I can handle. What I cannot handle is when my agency is taken away from me and when Mm -hmm. my choices are taken away from me. Right. Mm -hmm. So, if somebody is lying to my face about something and then I later on find out they were lying about then, not only does it enrage me because it makes me think they didn't even value me enough to tell the truth, but they also think I'm so fragile that, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like kind of a character assassination and also Mm. just takes away my ability to make an informed decision without everything that's going Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. You know, so whether that's like 
a medical procedure or like a friend pretending to be a safe space when really they're not or whatever that is. Yeah. And it's only happened. There's honestly, there's only one time in recent memory that anything like that Mm -hmm. happened. And it stood out to me so much because, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a woman in my 30s and this was a person in their 30s. And it was just like, what is happening? Yeah, I can also see how to right? like at work, you are very proactive about asking for feedback. So if somebody didn't give you feedback, and that impacted your career. I could see you being oh, very, yeah. like discombobulated and, and that's, by that. That's happened to me too. But that that really drives me crazy because it's like, this is drama that does not need to happen if people are just brave enough to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I would I would say that. I would say taking away my agency in any way is probably the deepest form of disrespect that I feel. Oh, yeah. that's a great answer. You're so succinct. Thank you. Misty, if you had the option to have immortality, but only you nobody around you. Would you take it? No. Why? As a person who has experienced deep loss, I do not want to lose every single person I love for the rest of eternity, right? Because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what it, that's what you'd be signing up for. That's what I would be signing up for. I mean, you could become a hermit and just read to your little heart's delight. That's true. But I, I do think that death is what makes life precious. That's yeah. like if I knew there were one million fucking sunsets, one billion that I would be seeing infinitely. I'm not going to give a shit about the colors in the sky tomorrow. Like the fact that like, oh my God, I have a set finite amount of sunsets is, you know, kind of what makes it that. So yeah, definitely not immortality. No. Okay. Okay. Um, I have one more question and then I have a series of rapid responses. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Weren't you giving me feedback about giving you questions for a strategy brain and a quick response? (laughs) Yeah, but mine aren't like save one thing that you'll have. Oh God, okay, okay. Be burnt to ashes. (laughs) What's the very last thing you do at night before your eyes close? I was gonna say I close my eyes. (laughs) See now, two strategy brains. We're playing chess together. You know what? I pee like a hundred times. Like I have, (laughs) I have this like I like don't want to get up again. And so, like, I will, seriously, I'll, like, pee before I brush my teeth, and then I'll, like, wash my face, and then I'll, like, pee again, and then I'll, like, set my alarm, and then maybe I'll be, like, well, and then I'll pee again. Okay, well. Yeah. I'm assuming all of these are happening in the toilet and not in bed. I didn't say that. Oh, she she pretends she's writing down notes. No, and and lately I do put in a a pair of earplugs. That's a new thing for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, Misty, here's some rapid fire. Okay. When you make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which do you put on first? Raspberry jelly. Oh, when you see a puddle, do you go over or around it? It depends on the puddle. Okay. What is your go-to drunk snack? Oh, I think anything with cheese. Great. Modern art or classic art? Well, classic. (laughs) Um, which would you prefer to have magically clean dishes or clothes? Oh, dishes. God. Oh, God. (laughs) I don't care about wearing dirty pants. I need a clean bowl, (laughs) y'all. 
Okay, that was Wait, great. Also, I really also why is it so hard to unload the dishwasher? You and I were talking about this. Like we have no problem loading the dishwasher, but I let dishes pile up in the sink for three days before I will willingly unload I will the use dishwasher. Everything in the dishwasher clean and leave it sitting in <laughs> yes. the sink dirty. Every until, time. I mean, I just <laughs> You know why my therapist once said to me, one of my therapists said to me, because there's no immediate uh, punishment or like consequence, consequence. Exactly. There's no immediate consequence, putting brain like it's like with brushing your teeth, like over time you will get cavities, Mm -hmm. but like today I'm not, if you just, (laughs) that's right. Like once it's fine. And also like, if you never unload your dishwasher, you will run out of dishes, but for once, it's not a problem. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? And oh, God. it's a real doozy. Yeah, it's a real. Listen, nightmare. Deb, thank you so much for this suggestion. We hope yes. to everybody listening that this helped you all to get to know us better and where we're coming from and how we maybe that affects the interpretation of the books in the podcast. I definitely felt like I got to know you nudicles. more. Our nudicles. It, I definitely got to know you more too. Um, it, it gave everybody a little insight into our nudicles. And um, I don't know if you can hear, but my landlord Zoe is <laughs> working on a bone. She waited till we were wrapping up and then she went over to work on a bone. <laughs> to work on a bone. Just yeah. call sex sex, Lisa. <laughs> Call it what it is. Uh, well, you didn't ask me that question, but I have a lot of hangups. So, um, you know, maybe next time, next time we have an interview, you can follow up on that. Oh my God. Deb, this was a wonderful suggestion. I loved getting to know you more, Misty. I loved hearing about you and your experiences growing up. And I appreciate you giving me space to be anxious about talking about me. I feel really uncomfortable sharing this stuff. And I'm going to be, I'm going to feel really uncomfortable editing this episode and putting it out into the world. But, you know, as Dan so Fogelman would say, why do you think that is why do why are we uncomfortable in this in this in this container? I think you and I are much more comfortable, and the goal of the podcast is to be of service, mm-hmm. to do something bigger than ourselves, and to make a contribution that is meaningful. Because I don't, th- I don't think we come from a place of like, look at me, look at me, I need accolades, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, it's always vulnerable and scary to reveal something deeper about myself because it's going to be judged positively or negatively. We're putting ourselves yeah, out there to be true. judged. What do you think it is for you? I think it's, um, I think it's compounded by what we're going through right now and that we're not interacting with a lot of people. So mm. it feels really weird to be incredibly vulnerable yeah. without the context of a book Mm -hmm. and how I relate to a book. And I do just think that like, it's a lot of time. It's a time of a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of time of self-reflection. It's a time of a lot of self-reflection. So asking questions about who I am as a person, I think feels a little like fresh right now. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's also so many other things going on in the world that, you know, to take up a full hour and change to talk about ourselves just feels very, uh, very dissonant. It's a little indulgent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we are always going to try to fulfill listener requests. So, you know. And listen, we have been sharing of ourselves in the context of fighting for 
racial and social um, equality. Yeah. So it makes sense to share of ourselves as who we are as people. Right. To so why 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 you might listen to us. So oh. I, I'm very grateful for this opportunity, and um, I'm grateful to share. I think it's just an, it's a different space for us. So I, I, I'm happy you all have let us kind of do this. Yes, thank you. And uh, now that I've shared, I'm never doing that ever again. And I'm never telling you anything the else about myself. Closed. Goodbye. <laughs> I am a fucking enigma from here on out. Thank you um, so much. With that, may your self-reflection and your... Self-acceptance be, be abundant. Goodbye. Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.